On today's podcast, I had Carlton Dennis on and we talked all things taxes. We went over his story of how he's built an enormous tax company and how they're saving business owners and real estate investors millions of dollars each year. So you want to go and learn about all the things that I personally do as well as the things he's teaching. Make sure you stay till the end of the podcast. Now, let's jump into it. Are you looking to grow your real estate investing business? My company, Future Flipper, can help. We've taught hundreds of people all over the country how to flip, wholesale, and buy rental properties. And it doesn't matter where you're at in your investing journey. Whether you're trying to get your first deal or scale your company, Future Flipper can help. We have courses, coaching, and events for all levels of investors. So if you want to take the next step, go to futureflipper.com and book a free consultation to see how we can best help you. Once again, that's futureflipper.com. If you've ever wanted to invest with me on my real estate deals, it's now possible. At Pineda Capital, we're purchasing value-add real estate all across the country. This includes multifamily, commercial, and land development. The best part is, with my network, social media presence, and marketing strategies, we're able to get the very best deals that others don't have access to. You can join in with me on those deals if you're an accredited investor. If you want to learn more, head over to PinedaCapital.com to see our current opportunities. Once again, that's PinedaCapital.com. Welcome to The Ryan Pineda Show. Where our mission is to invest. I only expect to make money in things that I understand. Innovate. It's about believing in the future and thinking that the future will be better than the past. And inspire. I am much more likely to hit my goal just due to putting it out there. Now rocking with the best. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Ryan Pineda Show. Today, I have got an accountant with me because one of our most requested topics is always tax. And uh, you guys know I love my man, Matt, but I want to hear from another big YouTuber on um, his take for accounting. I've got none other than Carlton Dennis. What's up, dude? How's it going, Ryan? Thanks Good, for having man. me, man. Yeah, so we are out here at FinCon um, out in Austin, Texas, and I'm hanging out with a bunch of cool YouTubers and stuff. And uh, I know you and my partner, Matt, have talked a lot, and uh, you guys are bigger buddies than I thought, man. Yeah, yeah. Me and Matt, we met, I would say, about two years ago on Instagram. Yeah. And he had the same mindset as me, so we connected. We're like, tax strategy is where it's at. There's tons of CPAs and accountants that file tax returns. Let's just start this blue ocean and help people reduce their taxes leveraging strategies. Yeah. I love it. And then, um, you know, I had my buddy, Charlie Chang. He's like, hey, can Carlton roll through? I was like, oh, I know Carlton. Like, he's buddies with Matt. So, like, dude, it's cool that we finally got to meet, man. I know. I followed you for a while. And, you know, network and community can put people together. So I'm glad I'm out here with you. Yeah, man. That's the biggest thing that I love about social media is just meeting all these, you know, dope people. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, we're here at FinCon. And... I'm just talking to all these finance people and it, you're one of the biggest tax guys I've seen on um, YouTube and you've grown in a pretty short amount of time, dude. Yeah. Like, how's that been? You know, it was really funny. So we started YouTube in 2020 during the pandemic, a time where everyone was contracting and I just started doubling down on content. And when I met Charlie, he was focusing on YouTube. I had never done any videos on YouTube. I was strictly Instagram and TikTok. Um, so I started the channel and I was just repurposing my Instagram videos uh, yeah. to YouTube. But it wasn't until the beginning of this year that we actually started figuring out how to run these videos and then create a process around it. So now we've grown. It's yeah. been fun. Super dope. So 
throughout this podcast, we're going to talk about different tax strategies and things people can take advantage of. Um, I love, obviously, myself saving money and talking tax, but uh, I want to go back into your background because, um, you know, people may not know who you are. They may just <laughs> go watch your stuff because they're like, how do I save money, dude? Yeah. Um, but I think your story is very interesting because we talked a little bit um, last night about it. Um, that, you know, it's a whole family business and yeah. just like where you've come from. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. When I, uh, try to tell people like my background, I always lead off with, I never took any accounting classes in college, never thought I was going to be a tax accountant. So I was a big football guy and I know you're an athlete as well. I thought football was going to be the thing for me. Um, as time went on in college, I, I realized the light at the end of that tunnel wasn't very bright. Um, so when I left college, I got a career in sales, but I was also working on my first personal business. So my first personal business was me doing personal training. Mm -hmm. So I moved down to Hollywood, labeled myself as a celebrity fitness guy. And <laughs> How do you do that? How do you become a celebrity fitness guy? It's just guy? a matter of you just slapping on the right logos and marketing on everything that you're doing. Did just, you have any celebrities? I did. I did. I, you know, I had a few um, baby mamas of some um, rappers and athletes <laughs> that were contacting me for some workout programs. So that was actually like my first time running my first business. But <laughs> okay, I improperly planned as a young college grad, I was spending money way too much. And so I got into tax trouble, called my mom. She was very upset that I didn't contact her ahead of time with my business idea just to consult with her since she's been a licensed accountant for forever. Fast forward to now, I left out of, uh, I left out of um, working in the sales job that I was working in and then I moved back home and worked in her business because I wanted to grow my personal brand in my fitness company. So I said, you know what? I'm going to spend time in her tax business so I can work on my fitness business. So well, your fitness business was like your side hustle. Yep. And, you know, this was your full-time job working for your mom. Yep. Okay. Yeah. But while I was working with her, I started going to her speaking events. So I started seeing how real estate investors looked at her, business owners looked at her. And I was even able to see how she was able to command really big rooms. She, she did speaking events where she spoke to over 500, 1,000 people. And I just thought about like my fitness business that I was building and this business that my mom had had standing for so long. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I can learn a little bit about this tax stuff and see if there's any way that this might be interesting to me. And by the way, did you go to school for tax? Like, no. yeah, you, you had no intention. You were like an athlete, just whatever. And your yeah. mom had been an accountant and doing all these things, but you didn't yeah. really have an interest in it. I had zero interest in it at all. I did not know anything about taxes at the age of 22 or 23. <laughs> okay. Literally zero interest. Right. My interest didn't get peaked until I started going to her events and then seeing how people live their lives that were investors and business owners. Right. Like they were rolling up in Rolls Royces and all these really nice cars. And I was, I was admiring the lifestyle that they had. Right. But I was also looking at the way that she was coaching and teaching these people on how to get to that lifestyle. Right. Um, so that became extremely intriguing to me. And then eventually I closed my first tax planning deal. I had my first client that I sat down and was able to talk through tax planning with him. And then it was over ever since then. Yeah. Yeah. So how long did it take to close your first tax plan with your mom? I would say I was sitting in her office, not really doing anything for about six months before I actually closed my first tax plan. And now, what do you mean by closing it? Like you sold one or <clears throat> like you actually made the plan? Like, how, what does that mean? Yeah. So the only reason I joined her company was because I sold my mom on building a sales department inside of her company. Okay. So when she bought the idea of me building a sales department inside of her company, I didn't know anything 
of what I was doing. So I sat there for the first six months just watching her. I sat in her conversations. I watched how she communicated with people. And then it wasn't until I started scheduling my own appointments and then eventually closing my own deal that I realized, okay, I can do this, right? I don't have to be an accountant to show someone how to save money on taxes. I just need to learn how to talk the language and understand the strategies. So would you consider yourself like a sales guy at that point for your mom? Yep. Okay. I was at that point. Okay. So your sales guy, you're starting her marketing department. Yep. And, uh, you know, you close somebody. What happens next? So after that, I kind of had the bug. I immediately went in full steam. I was realizing like as many personal training programs as I was creating, I would never make the amount of income that I just made after selling one tax plan. Right. So I dove right in. I started reading tax law. I started running into Robert Kiyosaki, Tom Realwright, all these other tax advisors and um, investors. And then I just went down a path. I was like, okay, I'm going to commit to business and real estate tax because this is where all the fun is. The W-2 lifestyle doesn't really give me a whole lot of benefits and I can't really do any tax planning on that side. So let me focus on all the business and real estate tax law. Yeah, for sure. So a couple of things you mentioned there. Um, One, Robert Kiyosaki and Tom Wheelwright. So like these guys, um, Robert, obviously author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Everyone's probably read it who's listened to this podcast. If you haven't, Shame on you. So, um, <laughs> you know, but I've also read Tom Wheelwright's, what is it? Tax-Free Wealth. Um, good book. And I think most people, not most, I shouldn't say that, but if, if they follow me, they've probably seen me talk about how many tax advantages real estate gives you. Mm-hmm. And like, in my opinion, there's nothing like it. Like there's just no other way to really not pay taxes like legally. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're becoming a partner with the government. So the government's going to give you this huge incentive when you go into real estate called depreciation. And one of the things that I like to do is coach people on the difference between like investing in the stock market versus investing in real estate. And the stock market, you get appreciation like you do in real estate, but you get leverage in real estate that you don't get in the stock market. And that's the depreciation. Right. You using that depreciation offset your taxes. Yeah, for sure. So you, t- you were telling me last night that your mom um, was doing, you know, different events and stuff with Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. And that was before he, like, partnered up with Wheelwright. Like, uh, tell me about that. Yeah, so Carla, my mother, she's, like, pretty big in the tax space. Um, she's done a lot of things. I mean, she's done partnerships with Oprah, partnerships with Robert Kiyosaki, and many other big names. Um, but that was someone that she had looked up to when she was young. So... Um, as an early accountant, she ran into Robert Kiyosaki, they connected and, uh, they were able to do a couple speaking events. She has some photos that she has in her, her office of them too. But when I ran into, uh, Robert Kiyosaki's books, it really shaped my understanding of there's two different lifestyles that you can live. You can either go down this lifestyle of not choosing to accept the information that's out there and the way the system is set up, or you can learn the game and then, and then enjoy it. Yeah. So with that being said, you know, she was just running her own practice and and doing all these things, but she wasn't doing marketing. You come in as this guy who kind of learned marketing on the personal training side and just, you know, being a young dude who's growing up in this digital age. Yeah. And I'm guessing you kind of blew up her business. Yeah. We, we, we kind of blew it up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it wasn't just me too. It was my brother, Kenneth. So he was uh, running his own marketing agency at the time. So when I joined my mother's company, he wanted to support me, so he created a couple of funnels to be able to feed some leads to my calendar. Yeah. Um, but you fast forward now, he's running our entire marketing department operation, and um, he's an incredible part of our success for our company. Okay. So. so 
to this day, are all three of you guys still like it's all the same company still? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Carla Dennison Associates is ran by me, Carla and my brother, Kenneth. OK. Yeah. Awesome. So what's uh, like the the next play for you guys? Like what now that you've got this machine going, you know, you're you're killing on social media, giving great content. Um, you know, what, what are you guys planning on doing? Yeah. So, well, the machine always needs fine tuning. And when I say fine tuning is hiring the right type of accountants. When you're a tax strategist or a tax strategy company, you're not looking for everyday accountants that can just file tax returns. You're looking for accountants that can think creatively for their business owners and real estate investors. So we leverage a lot of complex strategies that not too many accountants are very familiar with. And we want to bring on accountants that are familiar with some of the strategies that we're doing because we're working with a lot of high net worth individuals. You ain't so, trying to train these accountants. Like, I'm not trying <laughs> to spend too much time training, but yeah. also creating the correct processes and procedures so that we can continue to bring people but in. My point is like, they should already know like, yo, <laughs> this is what real estate investors need. Like I shouldn't have to be explaining this to you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also <laughs> mindset too, right? right? Because there's certain CPAs that, you know, have the mindset of just filing tax returns and working with W-2 taxpayers. And then there's other accountants that are focused on trying to help people reduce the tax bill. So they're going to stay on the phone longer. They're going to ask the right questions. And those are the accountants that we're looking for. Yeah. So you're growing that side of things. Um, tell me a little bit about what, one thing that uh, you were saying earlier is that you're an EA. Mm-hmm. And what is the difference between an EA, a CPA? Yeah, I'm not a CPA. Yeah, like what what does it mean? Yeah, so an EA is the highest designation the IRS uh, can provide to an accountant. You're licensed in all 50 states, but primarily in enrolled agent studies tax law. So when it comes to whether or not you should be leasing a car through your corporation or buying a car, switching from an LLC to an S-corp, an enrolled agent should be able to answer those questions. They're spending a majority of their time studying tax law. Uh, CPAs are very qualified. They're certified public accountants, but they spend a lot of their time their time accounting for items that need to go in the tax return. So a lot of CPAs sometimes won't consult on the tax strategy side just because they spend a lot of their time in public accounting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because like, doesn't a CPA have to go to college to get the CPA licensing and stuff? Yep. But an EA doesn't. No. How do you become an EA? So in order to become an enrolled agent, there are three different tests that you have to pass. There's an individual test, there's a representation, and then there's a business test. Upon passing all three of those tests, then you apply online, you get your license in about three to six months. How long? So like how long do you think the whole process took? Mm, The process for me took about a year to get the enrolled agent's license from the studying and going through the tax law to passing the exams to applying for it. Yeah. It's super interesting that, um, like you're saying, like the EA has this highest designation by the IRS, but like the CPA requires way more schooling and stuff. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminds me of like being a realtor where it's like, yeah, you know, you go take the test, you pass and you're in. Yeah. Like I never knew that. That's crazy. I know. Yeah. And if you're, um, if you're an enrolled agent, your, your job is to really consult with your clients. Yeah. That's, that's really your bread and butter. Yeah. Like how can I, you're not doing bookkeeping and stuff. No, not doing bookkeeping. And that's something that CPAs are also really skilled in, right? They spend a lot of their time crunching the numbers, crunching the numbers, doing accounting. You're, you're kind of like an advisor more than the numbers cruncher. Exactly. Yeah. And being that we are advisors, I would rather be with business owners and real estate investors 365 days out of the year because they're making financial decisions. Whereas my CPAs are typically meeting with clients in the months of January, February, March, and April when all the tax documents are coming in. Yeah. 
No, I'm with you. I know that, um, like I said, you and my partner, Matt, have done a lot of masterminding together and talking about different things. And I know at True Books, we recently changed our model a little bit to kind of be like how you guys have it set up where it's like, yeah, you know, we've got um, the tax planners and we've got the tax preppers and all those things, mm-hmm. but we got to separate them from the bean counters and the numbers crunchers and like, you know, because this guy shouldn't be talking to this guy about mm-hmm. this, right? Like we need to just have these separate people who are specialist in this one specific thing. Yeah. We have certain CPAs in our practice that are like really skilled CPAs, but when we throw them on the phone, they kind of yeah. fumble. So we want to make sure that, you know, we kind of separate that line. If you're going to be focused on doing tax preparation, let's give you the ammunition that you need. But if you're really good at tax strategy, let's get you over here on the tax strategy team. Yeah. Start consulting with some clients to help them. Yeah. And it's weird because like when we started true books, we didn't have any team. Like it was me and Matt. Yeah. Right. And so Matt was handling everything. And so two years ago, I mean, that was when we started. So if he was talking to you two years ago, you saw it from the ground up. Yeah, that's right. And, um, I remember when you guys moved into that office and everything and yeah. just putting up the TVs and stuff. Yep. See where you guys are at now. It's incredible. Yeah. So he uh, was doing everything, right? And, you know, granted, that's that's why he's a great partner. Like, he he understands all the different things. Like, he's... This is what I like about being a startup, like, founder, entrepreneur, is that, like, when you're the one guy doing everything, at least you get to experience it. Yeah. You know, he experienced being the bean counter bookkeeper to mm-hmm. tax prep, tax strategy, to doing sales calls, to yeah. doing everything you can imagine. And then, you know, obviously as we grew, it became, we need, Hey, we need another CPA. Hey, we need to hire a bookkeeper. We need an admin. We yeah. need another CPA. Yeah. Need an EA. Like, so. But to start off, you wear all the hats. You wear all the hats. As a business owner. And you also know when you hire for that position exactly what's needed yep. in that position because you've already done it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I tell people all the time too. Um, with my real estate programs and, and my students, I'm like, hey, they're like, what should I do? Should I like start hiring all these people right away? And I'm like, probably not. You know, mm-hmm. like you're brand new in this business. Like you don't even know what to tell them yeah. <laughs> or what you need yet. Like even though I'm telling you, how to do it. And like, that's way more than if you were just to figure it out on your own, which is unlikely. But, uh, I still think you need to experience managing construction for your very, whatever, however many deals you want to do. Like I don't manage construction anymore, but I've managed a lot of projects. Yeah. You know, I, I want you to experience talking to realtors and trying to get deals. I want you to experience, you know, listing it and and doing these things because it's going to make you better just having that experience. Yeah. And I think, you know, as a new, a new entrepreneur, you sometimes run into things thinking with the end in mind. Okay. I know I'm going to need this amount of staff. I know I'm going to need an office X, Y, and Z, but you may not be in a position to be able to afford those things right away, or it may not make sense for you to just go out and go get those things right away. And so you don't have enough traffic yet. Yeah. Maybe not enough traffic, maybe not enough leads, not enough attention. Yeah. So maybe the focus beginning is just doubling down on personal branding and you wearing those hats in your business to really understand how you want to scale. Yeah, no, for sure. So it's awesome to see kind of like owning a tax company, talking to you. Um, I know you have been a very big help to Matt and many of the things he's doing. So, uh, you know, I want to say thank you to that. Um, but I want to transition a little bit into some different tax saving strategies for, you know, business owners, real estate investors and things that, you know, my audience is listening to. So before we do that though, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. 
Have you ever wanted to invest in real estate, but you didn't have the time to find deals yourself? That's where Fundrise comes in. Fundrise is a crowdfunding platform that has transacted over $5 billion in real estate and has over 150,000 active investors. While many funds, like my own, require accredited investors, Fundrise allows anyone to invest with as little as $500. If you'd like to learn more, check out Fundrise.com. Once again, that's Fundrise.com. Are you looking to find off-market real estate deals? One of the best tools my team uses is Batch Leads. With Batch Leads, you're able to pull data, manage lists, and send text messages. On top of that, you can get nationwide access to the MLS to get pictures and comps. My team has used Batch Leads to get some of our best deals, so I know it works. You want to start today? You can get half off your first month by going to batchleads.io and using the promo code RYAN. Once again, that's batchleads.io, promo code RYAN for half off your first month. Now, back to the show. All right. So what are some of the biggest things you're seeing, um, you know, as ways to save money for business owners? <laughs> give me go, all give me all the sauce, dude. I can go for days. I, <laughs> you know, the biggest thing is that most business owners are operating as LLCs, right? You got to you got to know why business, certain business owners are S-corps. Someone has to have that conversation with you about self-employment tax. So once you've gotten over the hump from transitioning from an LLC to an S-corp, now you're having some fun. There are so many different strategies you can do underneath an S-corp outside of just taking payroll. This is when we start looking at your lifestyle. Do you have children that I can place on payroll for? Do you have um, a vehicle that I can write off? Yep. Is, do you need a new vehicle? So these are the types of things that really feed your lifestyle and save you money on tax at the same time. Yeah. So t tell me about the vehicle, dude. Mm. So for people that don't know how it works. Yeah. So... When it comes to writing off a vehicle inside of your business, the government has a useful life for a vehicle. And they say the useful life for a vehicle is five years. So if you want to write off your vehicle inside of your business, whatever that purchase price is, let's just say it's a $50,000 car, you're going to receive about a $10,000 write-off each year over the course of five years if you're depreciating the car. Now, you can choose to accelerate depreciation, which is something that we're seeing all over the internet with all these TikTokers and YouTubers talking about Code Section 179. Essentially, what it means is if you would like to, you can accelerate the depreciation and write off the vehicle all in one year if the vehicle weighs over 6,000 pounds. So we have a lot of entrepreneurs now going out, getting Teslas, G-Wagons, cars that fit that criteria for the 179 vehicle deduction. Yeah. I, you know what's funny is, uh, so I just bought a Porsche Taycan and... Yeah. It's a $200,000 car. Love that I, car. I paid $159 for it. And you know, I didn't even think about Section 179 with it because I was, uh, I'm like, this is a car. It's not going to weigh enough. And the reason, you know, it has a tax credit too. It has an EV tax yep. credit for $7,500. i am like, this is tight. So <laughs> it's money. Yeah, it's good. But then somebody in the comments pointed out, he goes, why aren't you looking at 179 And I didn't even thought about it, but I looked it up and I was like, the gross vehicle weights over 6,000 pounds on this car because it's so heavy with the battery. Oh, wow. So, I had no idea the Taycan qualified. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If it's over 6,000 pounds, then we can yeah. 179 it. And that's what I was like. Yeah. 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 I planned that from the beginning. Yeah. I was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you felt like a genius. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm glad someone pointed it out because, you know, I was seeing if you guys have been paying attention to what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm about the 179. This. I didn't need it from my commenter. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So shout out to YouTube guy who commented that, um, on the Porsche video I made. I might need to do a Porsche video about it. You guys know I'm por big Porsche fans. So. Oh dude. Well, now you already knew it too, dude. So yeah, you know, we, we both knew it was over 6,000 pounds. So now yeah. you can for sure justify the type. I have a video coming out next week. on. 
So yeah, the Tycon 179, cool thing. Um, I haven't announced this yet, um, but <laughs> I guess I'll announce it here. We we ordered an Escalade also. Oh, nice. Um, for my wife, because I, I did a video hating on my Lincoln Navigator. So it's getting so <laughs> pissed at it, dude. So many problems. Like, Throughout the Lincoln Navigator, invited in the Escalade. Yeah, dude. I'm it like, qualifies. It definitely qualifies. That thing yeah. is huge. So Wife's in the business, right? She is. There we go. Uh, okay. She, on camera, she is. Okay. Mm-hmm. We do stuff. We film. She's in the content business. That's right. So um, with the Escalade, yeah. My my. so here... Here's a good question for you. Um, I pre-ordered it because there's none in stock. We haven't bought it yet. That's why I haven't done anything. So yeah. we, we don't even currently own it. Okay. How do I make sure that I get the write-off this year? Like maybe if it's not delivered this year, could I like mm. prepay it? Could I like, what could I do? So this is a very big topic that comes up with a lot of my Tesla owners. <laughs> yeah, because so, they're always delayed. They're delayed. So if you're buying a vehicle and it doesn't deliver until the following year, we can't write it off. Here's the reason why. The government says that you need to place your vehicle in business purpose in order for you to be able to claim the business deduction. Oh, Business purpose means I have to, one, have it underneath my business and make a payment. And then two, I actually need to drive or go somewhere that's business related in the year that I want to take the deduction. So before the ball dropping December 31st in New York, I have to have that vehicle in my possession and need to drive it for business use in order to write it off. Isn't that so dumb that like, yeah, you know, I got it December 30th and, you know, I drove it for a day and, yep, I'm writing the whole thing off for the year. (laughs) Yes, but it also takes work, though, too, right? Because like as a business owner, you might partner with a tax strategist that tells you, hey, Here's one thing that we can do instead of just throwing money into your 401k. Maybe you do need that new vehicle. Let's go ahead and get it ordered right now. Yeah. It's going to get in before the end of the year, put you in it. Now we dropped your tax bill without you having to shovel money off into a retirement account. Right. I I just hope it comes before the end of the year. Fingers crossed (laughs) right now. Dude, I I need that write off, man. Um, So that's a cool thing that a lot of people are doing. Uh, What's another one, man? Cost segregation studies. Are you doing those too? Yeah, man. So mm-hmm. For the audience, man, tell them what they are. To simplify a cost segregation study, by the way, it's probably my most favorite tax strategy to leverage. I think the cost segregation is super sexy. There's a reason I started <laughs> Pineda Capital. What is the reason? For cost segs, dude. That's, that was the reason why. Yeah, I had dude. no idea. When you buy a $20 million building... <laughs> There you go. Yeah. That's a huge depreciation. So, okay. So let's define this. Yeah. Like what is a cost segregation study? Let's break down the word cost segregation study. So if you're a real estate investor and you're purchasing an investment property, the government's going to give you a write-off for the entire investment property. Right. So it's either going to be written off over 27 and a half years or it's going to be written off over 39 years. Well, people like Ryan, savvy real estate investors, they're not going to wait 27 and a half years or 39 years to claim their depreciation. So what they do is perform cost segregation studies. Someone like an engineer and a tax accountant will go to that property and identify all of the components inside of the property that do not have a useful life of 27 and a half years or 39 years. Right. And we reallocate them. The government created new buckets for these uh, items, washers, dryers, flooring, appliances, windows. These items can be written off in five, seven, and 10 years, as opposed to the building's 27 and a half year or 39 year useful life. So if you reallocate everything, you're creating a huge loss on the tax return. And if you're earning cash flow, now we're reducing our tax bill. Yeah. I've heard from 
because so like at TrueBooks, we personally just outsource these big studies to these companies that like that's all they do, right? Yeah. Do you guys do the same? No, we used to. Okay. Now we do it in house. Okay. So we had to bring on engineers and yeah, yeah. Now we do it in house. Okay. So with the cost segs, from what I've heard from a lot of real estate investors and other people, is like there's typically a percentage of the purchase price that ends up being like the. I, I guess the deduction. Have you, have you heard that? So when it comes to you making your down payment, your down payment is um, can come back to you if you do bonus depreciation in combination with the cost segregation right. study. So that's what I hear all the time, people leveraging the bonus depreciation with the cost segregation study. But on average, just on average, you can accelerate about 50% of your building's value. So if I have a half a million dollar property, I can pretty much reallocate about 250,000 of that. That first year. That first year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what we're looking at is like, we just paid $20 million for this 334 unit. Yeah. So we can expect anywhere from you know, eight, $10 million of instant write-off. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so think about that for all the viewers listening, right? <clears throat> like I don't get that whole eight to $10 million, nor do I need it, but my investors get a piece. Yep. I get a piece. My team gets a piece. And so it's like, even if I got say 2 million mm -hmm. of that, right? If I made $2 million this year, zero taxes, zero taxes, you just wiped away your taxes. And being the fact, Ryan, that you're in real estate pretty much full time. Yep. You being at a loss on paper, even though you're cash flowing, your losses can go to offset your other forms of income. Yeah. W two income if you even have W two income or Bitcoin or hey, any hey other. Hey man, income. I'm I make a hundred grand a year, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Let everyone know this. On camera. Yeah. So Yeah. Real estate professional status I personally think is the coolest business that's not talked about in the tax world. If you're someone that qualifies to be a real estate professional and you need to do your homework on this. But if you're someone that qualifies to be a real estate professional, you can leverage a hundred percent of your losses. You can become a hundred percent tax free. Well, and also too, you don't have to be the professional. Mm -hmm. What happens if your wife is, yeah, your husband is right? Like this is something we've talked about. Um, Matt <clears throat> and I is like, Ryan, are you going to be a real estate professional forever? Then I'm like, I don't know. Like <laughs> I thought I was going to be, I never thought that I wouldn't be. And he's like, well, you know, maybe one day there might be a time when the IRS is like, well, Ryan, dude, you're just a content creator guy, you know, mm -hmm. at some point. It's like a super slim chance, but he's like, it may be worthwhile having Mindy get licensed just in case, mm -hmm. you know, because the moment Mindy's licensed as a realtor, you know, she's going to become a real estate professional just doing stuff with our real estate. Yeah. Yeah. The, when you get your real estate agent's license, it goes towards your real estate professional hours that you need in order to qualify. So the magic number is 750 hours, right? Um, which comes out to about 13 hours a week. So if you're spending 13 hours a week in real estate, in your pr real property trade or business, yeah, we can go for that real estate professional status. Yeah. 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 And for me, man, it's funny, like defining those 13 hours. It's mm -hmm. like, dude, because people have asked us like, well, I only bought one property or I did, you know, you can still be a real estate, real estate professional without even buying a property. Right. Did you put those hours in or not? Like yeah. if you were hunting deals and, uh, touring properties and showing houses and these things, you may not have had a great year, but you at least put the work in. Yeah. Yeah. When you're, um, going into the real estate professional realm, there's some rules around it. 
if you decide to approach real estate professional status, the government wants to make sure that you're spending more time in real estate than any other thing. Right. And you met the 750-hour test. So let's just say I was working as a W-2 employee 40 hours a week. Well, if I'm also owning a rental property that I personally manage and I want to claim real estate professional status, I would have to show the government that I'm spending more time in real estate than my W-2 job. And that's tough to do. That's tough to do. I can't spend that much time in real estate. There may not even be enough things for me to do in real estate um, to justify that. So it's not something that is easily to qualify for. But when you can qualify for it, it's extremely powerful. Yeah. And that's why I've heard a lot of people try and get their spouse, you know, to be a professional. Because it's like if my wife's a stay at home mom, she's not competing against another income. Right. So super interesting. Yeah. Positioning is everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there any other big one that you see that really makes a dent in what people are paying? You know, I feel like one thing that people are really worried about that we, we all should really put some time, effort, and intention on is capital gains tax rates possibly changing. I do think that that's something that we all need to come to terms with. It might change, um, and corporate rates changing. So if I'm someone who's a business owner or an investor, and I don't have a plan for capital gains rates increasing or corporate rates going from 21% back to 28%, I am gonna end up paying tax and there was something I probably could have done about it. So you have time right now to meet with a tax accountant, a tax advisor to figure out what strategies you can put in place with the time you have left in the year to maximize your tax savings, but also what things that you need to be mindful of moving forward from a structural standpoint in the event that tax laws do change. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you, dude. I uh, <laughs> It's funny. We tell people this all the time. It's like, bro, don't come to us in December asking how you can, you know, save money for this year. It's like, there's only so much you could do at that point. How often do you see that happen? <laughs> so we, we actually have a term for it. You're, you're coming in via helicopter now into our emergency room, right? <laughs> like you didn't come in during the months of like June and July. and You should be our... looking in January, yes, like making really, a plan. Right? That's like when you're like walking in, you, the nurse gets to like take your blood pressure, your height, your weight, sit you down in yeah. the lobby. But no, you're coming into our emergency room in December. Like we're trying to revive you with... <laughs> you know, electrical pads at that point in time. We're doing everything we possibly can. Yeah. And so um, there's two different approaches to your to your finances. Do you want to be that person that does the emergency room approach or do you want to be that person that goes into the waiting room, sits down, has the latte, and then gets to sit down and talk to his doctor and, and, and well, it's, learn the Well, it's the whole strategy. thing of being either proactive or reactive. <laughs> exactly. You're like, holy crap, I just made a bunch of money. I better do something. It's like, well, it's it's pretty tough at this point. You better go you know, whatever your situation is, you can only do so much, mm-hmm. um, versus the guy who's proactive. And, you know, even for me, like, this is why it's super important, um, to have somebody who's going to work with you on a, you know, weekly, monthly, whatever basis, not just, you should not show up in March and just be like, all right, I'm ready for my taxes and and do that. Like that's, you know, if you're a W-2 person and you don't got nothing going on, cool. Like, it's not a big deal. But yeah. if you're a business owner, you should never do that. No. And, like, for me, my business has changed so much this year. Mm-hmm. Like, thank for the good. Like, we've made far more than I ever thought we would make this year. And so, like, I had a plan in January of how I was going to limit my tax bill. Mm-hmm. And I had to throw that plan out the window because things changed. I opened new businesses. We're making more, which is great, but yep. it's like, yo, we got to do some different things now. Yeah. 
But the only reason um, I'm able to like still be on the right path is because I'm constantly talking with Matt. Mm-hmm. And I know you would agree, like your best clients and, and most wealthy too are the ones in constant communication with you. Yeah. Well, we talked about at the very beginning of this that, you know, Robert Kiyosaki and Tom Wheelwright were two people that shaped my understanding. Robert, Tom Wheelwright is Robert's tax accountant and they're best friends. And Robert loves talking about Tom Wheelwright. He says that Dude, is the, all the time, all the time. That's He's the reason I'm wealthy. He's the reason I am in the place I am. My family is the where it is because of Tom Wheelwright. Your relationship with your tax accountant has to be solid to the point where you feel comfortable breaking bread with them. You feel comfortable inviting them over for Thanksgiving because this person is directly helping you plan the finances of your life. Yeah. I felt so comfortable. I made him my partner and mm-hmm. um, that that's kind of like what Robert Kiyosaki yeah. did. Right. Like, uh, <laughs> and I, I'm never going to compare myself to Robert Kiyosaki, but so like this is in a very small, small comparison, but like, you know, Robert gets started, he's making money, he's buying real estate. He probably went through a bunch of accountants and then he found Tom. Yep. Same thing happened with me. Like I, I went through a bunch of accountants, started to have a lot of success. And then I met Matt and like Matt did my stuff and he was working for another company, just like doing it on the side. Yeah. And I was like, dude, this is like, you're really good, man. And yeah. then everybody's asking me, who's your account? Yep. You know, whatever. Yep. And he didn't have time to do it. Like too much now, you know? And I remember we just sat there talking as friends and I was like, dude, what do you think it'd be like to be partners? Mm-hmm. You know, cause all these people want, you know, what we got. And, uh, I think we could go, I think you could quit your job. You could go full time at this and be good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we did it. It's been great. Um, and you know, we'll see where it goes. You know, the tax business is interesting. Like I'm sure Robert and Tom are making a boatload from all their tax clients. Um, but I never looked at it like that for me anyways. Mm-hmm. For me, it was always like, let me help people. That's yeah. literally when I saw you starting true books, it wasn't because like you wanted to become the biggest accounting firm. You're yeah. like, I just wanted a place to help other people that kept asking me. Yeah. I'm like, dude, <laughs> did people just keep asking me like, let's just start it for them. You know? Yeah. I'll make some money. The, the benefit for me is that <clears throat> I mean, there's, I think there's three benefits for why I have a tax company. Uh, one is not how much money I make from it. It's so small compared to everything else. Yeah. The first benefit is I have total control over my tax situation. Yep. So being in direct with Matt and all of our staff and team, I know I'm getting the best treatment I, I possibly can. I would hope the owner does. <laughs> uh, two, um, I also, what was the second? Oh, two was like what you said all these people and referrals and everybody that kept asking me, I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, here it is. Like, this is who I trust. I know obviously I run the company. Um, but three, the benefit is the people that we do get as account or not accounts as clients, I'm able to do business with them mm-hmm. in other ways Yeah, because we know what's going on. And so it's like, yo, did you know you can, you need depreciation, go invest in Panetta capital. Mm-hmm. Yo, you want X, Y. So like a lot of our tax clients, they're either in future flipper. They have an e-commerce store with lunar e-com. Yep. So that for me, that's the biggest benefit. But, um, people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. And if I'm already doing my taxes with you and you're saving me money on my taxes and I know real estate's a great asset class for me to invest in, I might invest with you. Yep. Yep. You might even make it easy for me since you already know the tax stuff around it. 
Well, and I look at what Robert Kiyosaki did with Tom Wheelwright, and it was very similar in that he had um, him and Tom doing their thing, right? He Robert had all the traffic from everything he yeah. was doing, pushed them to Tom, yep. and then guess what? They also partnered up with Ken McElroy. Yep. And I've been on Ken's podcast, good dude, and same deal. Robert's raves about Ken. He's mm-hmm. like, I can't tell you how much money Kenny's made me. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I'm like, yep. And Ken's a good dude. And so it's just like, man, I see what I'm doing. I didn't know I was doing what they did, mm-hmm. but it just occurred to me happened. as I was like, this is a smart thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, something that, you know, viewers have to realize is there will come a point in time where you will outgrow your CPA yeah. and that's when you have to take it upon yourself to go interview new CPAs. Literally, it's like dating. You just got to go out there again and start having conversations and figuring out, okay, who's the most knowledgeable in this space Yeah. and who's doing it well, Yeah. right? Because I'm going to give that person the time of day and figure out what he can do with my there, tax There's returns. levels to this, man. It's yep. the same thing with your real estate mentor. You know, you, you got to get somebody who knows what they're doing for you, like your level, where yeah. you're at. Um, last question I had for you, dude, is like, what point does it make sense to hire like a tax attorney? Because mm-hmm. I hear about this a lot of like, oh, I can only get these guys because they're just the best. Mm-hmm. When does it make sense? You know, tax attorneys are really specialized in fighting for you. So if you're in a situation where you are getting ready to go to war with the IRS over this amount that you owe and you feel like you don't owe it, I would want to have a tax attorney on my team to fight with me because their sole job and everything that they're doing on a daily basis is around the IRS and fighting the IRS for taxpayers. Mm. So tax attorneys are just in that field much more, whereas an enrolled agent or a CPA is doing tax planning and tax returns and bookkeeping, and then we'll get the occasional representation where we need to figure out what we need to do to get you on a payment plan or reduce the amount. But a tax attorney is truly fighting tax yeah 100 percent of the time for sure man yeah well dude it's been um a great time having you meeting you man i know you have helped matt out a ton and you know it's i'm sure you and i are going to be doing a ton of stuff together um and guys you know i i have other real estate investors on my show i have other people who sell courses and stuff and just like carlton has his own tax practice we have our own tax practice like you know i know for sure that you what if you want to go with him they're doing some great things and um, we're going to link to his stuff down below and uh, you know, you guys are crushing it, man. Yeah. I really appreciate it, man. And one thing I will say is like, there's never ever in this space been competition. It's been knowledge giving every time I talk with you talk with Matt, we are so excited to share information with each other and, and figure out where each other's at. Like, Oh my gosh, I just hired another CPA. Oh, you just hired another CPA? Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah, this is where I'm at in my business. Yeah. So. What do you think about the IRS doing this? Yeah. How are we going to like, you know, help our clients? This way? So it's like masterminding is always great. Yeah, that's right. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah, so cool, man. Well, I appreciate having you on, guys. Make sure you go follow Carlton on YouTube, on Instagram, on TikTok. He's putting out some fire content and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Thanks for watching the Ryan Pineda Show. If you want to work with me, head over to ryanpineda.com. You can find my courses, coaching programs, and upcoming events. We also have free resources you can download, so head over to ryanpineda.com.